0: What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada, and this is Quarantine Devotionals. All right, so it's April 10th, Friday, almost the weekend, and um, this virus is still in full gear. Things are getting worse before they get better. There is some good news, but um, it's 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 going to take patience and time to get through this situation. Um, and while we're going through this situation, a lot of us... Are having trouble um, checking in with ourselves, and because of that, we're also having trouble checking in with others. So we're going to talk about relationships today. What does it mean to maintain a healthy, strong relationship, balanced relationship um, during this quarantine when you can't see other people, or you're not supposed to be seeing other people? I hope you aren't, but. Um, So what does that look like? I asked this because I was talking to my boyfriend yesterday. His name is Tyler. And we're always an hour away from each other. But normally we can see each other on the weekends or make a surprise visit. But we can't do that because we're sheltering in place. We are a lot down away from each other. And uh, that will probably be the case for the next month. So we were asking each other, what can I do to support you in this time? What can I do to make you feel loved and appreciated and seen, even if I can't see you? And the answer that we both came up with was just to care, to acknowledge the other, to talk and listen to the other person, um, to continue our daily prayer with each other, because it really does ground us both. Um, it brings us that much closer together. So I just wanted to talk about relationships today because why not? Um, I wanted to see what the Bible wanted to tell us for this moment and something interesting that I found was Genesis chapter two. And we've all heard the story of Adam and Eve, or at least most of us have, um, And We've heard it a specific way, but I wanted to look at it from a different lens today. I wanted to go from beginning to end and um, to see what type of hope and what type of knowledge and wisdom it offers us about why relationships exist. I've heard um, from one of the preachers that I listen to, he says, God wants you to be successful in your relationships. He doesn't want you to fail in your relationships. Because your relationships with others are really an extension of Him. Um, If He's inside of us all and the ultimate goal is to get to Him, you interacting with other people, that is God moving throughout um, your surroundings and your environment and throughout the world. That's how he shows his love, that's how we show others his love, that's how we become a blessing to others. And you have a whole variety of relationships. You have relationships that are romantic, you have relationships with people that you like, that you consider your friends, that you care deeply about, and then you have relationships with people that you probably don't care that much about. Um, But the goal of any relationship truly is God's love, it really is. So. Let's examine the type of relationships we have, but also the first relationship, which was between God and man, most specifically Adam, before he created Eve. That was the first relationship, God and Adam. So let's go back. This is Genesis um, chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. It reads... for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. We're gonna come back to that. So that is uh, the beginning of Adam and Eve. But now we have temptation um, and we have the fall of man And uh, this is in Genesis chapter three, verse six. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And that was when things went awry. Um, And so... After that, um, God tells Adam that he's cursed. He says the curse curses the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Um, he says you are dust, and to dust you will return. And he also um, warns that Eve would experience pain during her childbearing, um, and it would be painful and, and, and agonizing for her. And he also said that um, she would have to submit to him and that she would get her desire from her husband and that she, her husband was going to rule over her. So a lot of things changed almost in the blink of an eye because of them giving in to temptation. And so all of, the, all of these things happened because sin Um, originated when they disobeyed God so we can infer that disobedience is the catalyst for sin disobedience God has already given us commandments he's given us rules he's given us lessons and parables to live by anytime we commit a sin it is disobedience it is in disobedience to God's word to God's Wants and desires for our lives Um, and there are real consequences to that we saw that Adam and Eve experienced very real consequences consequences that we um, to this day experience because we are their offspring um, very distant offspring and it started all with them but I just want to point out a couple of things first they were both naked and it says they knew no shame And everything that God had created at that point was perfect and beautiful. They were both made in his image. Because Adam was made from God. um, From God and when he molded the sand. When he molded the dirt. He came from the dirt. But he was made in God's image. And then Eve was made from Adam. So they're both Still in God's image, it's not just Adam. So, after all of that ensued, what God had made beautiful and perfect had been marred. It had been completely blemished. It says that um, after after they uh, ate the fruit, they had to find leaves. And other materials to cover themselves with from each other. And they're married, they're one flesh. Everything changed. Relationships at that point became harder. They weren't perfect anymore. It became about them. Instead of focusing on God's glory, instead of focusing on the beauty. That was all around them, but he had put inside of each of them that they were both in his image. They were, they were fine before, but now that sin had entered and they opened their eyes to evil and temptation, the focus went from God to themselves, and they were ashamed and they covered themselves. You can take covering as as meaning lied or hid kept from. They were reserved from each other. And now, throughout time, it is an ongoing battle to get back to that place of relationship with each other where God is the head and the man and the wife are of one flesh. That That's that's been hard it's hard for all of us we see today how marred relationships are there's so many different uh coaches and experts and tv shows and books so many different um levels of of advice that you're given like don't be too easy don't don't pursue him too hard let him come to you there's so many different tricks and rules but all of that all of that is merely a distraction All of that reminds me of what happened when they saw each other for the first time after they had sinned. They were ashamed. They hid from each other. They used to be one flesh, but that flesh was slowly ripping apart. Things went bad. That's what's happening in our lives today with our relationships. Um, Just from what I see, not every relationship is like that. But for the most part, that is the struggle. Because men and women have, they've forgotten that they were made to help each other. And, and I'll give you something that um, supports that. If we go back to Genesis 2, it says, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And instead of going straight to creating Eve it says now the lord god had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky so god created the animals first after he said it is not good for man to be alone this is according to genesis chapter 2 verses 18 through 25. and so he created the the animals and then adam named the animals and then it says but for adam no suitable helper was found so god created these perfect animals, allowed Adam to name them, and still not a single, think of all the animals on the earth, all the beautiful creatures that roam the earth now. Out of all of them, none none of them were suitable for Adam. None of them were suitable. And let's remember that that the purpose of, of God creating humans was to edify his glory was to love them and for his glory to be reflected back to him. It was his original church. Except they didn't need to be saved. They were already saved. Every, they had nothing to be saved from. But that all changed, right? But no suitable helper was found. And then God created Eve woman woman is, is not lesser than man woman is not lower than man inferior to man Adam needed Eve He said it is not good for man to be alone So if, like I said we go back to the original purpose of humans and and Adam was for God's glory to be reflected back to him creating Eve made that it made that 10 times easier for Adam and for Eve together. It, them together was going to be the ultimate expression of God's love. That was the purpose. It wasn't so that Eve could make Adam a sandwich. Or Eve could be at Adam's every whim. It was purely about God. And they were happy with each other. And they were glorifying God. God's grace upon their life shone so brightly. So they were made For each other, but most importantly, they were made for God. That was the purpose of their relationship. So she's created as a sign of God's glory, and she is called the glory of man. So, in our relationships, I want us to think about what our goals are. A real goal, a true spiritual goal, is not marriage, it's not kids that is something that is physical, that is a marker, it doesn't have much to do with God. Marriage isn't an end goal. Marriage is a lifelong journey. The wedding day is just a day. Marriage lasts a lifetime. Or in some cases it does, some cases it doesn't, but it's supposed to last a lifetime. The real goal is God's glory. The real goal is redemption. The real goal is is edifying his name, is praising him, is giving back to him in every single way. So with your romantic relationships, I just want you to think about who are you together? Together, are you Adam and Eve? Are you striving to be Adam and Eve before or after the fall? Which one is it? Are you hiding from each other? Are you ashamed? Are you not honest? Are you not open? Or are you actively praising and glorifying God? Which one are you trying to be? Because we can't be perfect, but what are you striving for? Are you striving for the social media relationship goals? Are you striving for people's approval? Are you striving to not be alone? What are you striving for? And this doesn't go for just rom- romantic relationships. It's for any relationship. What are you striving for and what is being accomplished by you two being together? Is it good or is it bad? Where are you going? If the answer isn't up, if you're not improving, if it's not serving you spiritually or emotionally or mentally and God is it's just so far down the totem pole that you can barely see him anymore what is the purpose and yes people have good relate good relationships when they don't even believe in god it is very possible but we know that god makes everything good for those who love him so your life may be good but it's not the life that god would have created for you it's not the life that you could have it's not the abundance that god wanted you to have that he sent his son for it's good but it's not god's good so a relationship can be good without god but it's not god's good and even a relationship where both people believe in God but they're not putting forth the effort to put him first it's good but it's not God's good you have to do more than just talk about it you have to do more than just believe it faith without works is dead so we move to Proverbs 31 talks about a wife 10 through 12 Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 12 says a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value she brings him good not harm all the days of her life verses 25 through 31 many women do noble things but you surpass them all charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works Bring her praise at the city gate. Not let her words, not let her beauty, not let her charm, not let her hair, not let her makeup. It says let her works. Like I said, faith without works is dead. Let her deeds, let her actions bring her praise at the city gate. The way that God praises a good, strong, God-fearing woman is beautiful. Everyone talks about the Proverbs 31 women, but how do you get there? How do you become that? And that's walking with God. That's walking with God and that's being obedient to Him. Another thing that I hear a lot of people say, um, the scripture about women submitting to, to men or a wife submitting to her husband, and they use that as an excuse for misogyny and for the oppression of women. I need to preface by saying, I consider myself a feminist. I don't know what your definition of feminist is, but I believe um, in the power and equality of all sexes. So that's, that's my belief. And you don't have to agree, but what I'm trying to say is that God created Women for a purpose. He created women to honor him and to be suitable for man. Man and woman together become one flesh. So it doesn't matter how much anyone makes, it doesn't matter who's who or what is what, they become one flesh. They are equal in marriage they are equal to god and marriage they are one they're supposed to be one unified that is powerful that is strong that is beautiful so when so when god says submit to your husband he doesn't mean listen to every single thing that your husband says I don't believe that he means do everything that he wants your your husband um do everything that your husband says that he wants you to do. I don't believe that I think people have used that over time as an excuse to oppress women, but as we see, women are powerful in the eyes of God, and they're powerful um especially in combination with men so I believe that uh, I was reading that it it also pertains to spiritual warfare not just life not just earthly see we think earthly we think we think of women in the kitchen and we we think of um, obeying our husbands every commands but remember that the bible is it's it talks about things not in a worldly plane it talks about things that are higher so when we think of submitting to your husband i think of spiritual warfare I think of the fact that in war, in spiritual war, there's a commander, there's armies, um, but there's also generals. And God, God is our ultimate commander. And then the men, the the man himself is, is a general of God. And then the woman is also a general to the man. And then our children are our soldiers. And in the spiritual war, we take orders from one person and one person only, God. If a man is truly serving God, if his wife submits to him, it could never be that just because I said do this, then do this. Those orders shouldn't be coming from him. They're coming from God. So in reality, you're submitting to God. You're submitting to a man who has submitted himself to God. And so you're submitting to him because of God as well. And then your children submit to you both because you are both submitting to God. And God is still getting all the glory. It's not about a man. It's not about a woman. It's about him. Him who came and gave us life abundantly. That's who it is about. So when we think about submitting, it isn't listen to everything I say. It's let listen to God as he works through me and then we work together and the woman also listens to God we we all have the opportunity to have personal relationships with God but both of them together are stronger as a unit because of God without God submitting to your to your husband it it doesn't it doesn't bear the same weight then that really is just about your husband. It's not about God. But when God is in the midst of that marriage, you're not submitting just to your husband. You're submitting to God. And, you, and your husband is supposed to be able to guide you and protect you. And in war, the man the man protects the woman. In spiritual warfare, God wants the man to be the head of the house. But we shouldn't find shame in that. Women, that's not to put us down. It's been made to put us down. But no, you're equal to him. God has already said. But he wants you to take the orders, the commands from the husband. Especially during the spiritual war. And then he wants you to take those commands to your children. You're working as a unit. There has to be a line of succession but you're working as a unit and the ultimate voice, the ultimate general, the the commander in chief is God. And that's what he wants for us. Proverbs 12, 4 says a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. What does that mean? A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. A disgraceful wife can decay her her husband's bones. Comparatively, um, metaphorically, this is what it's saying. Is like, that simile that he made, is like decay in his bones. Meaning, she has power over him as well she has power over him as well without her the husband does not have anyone to rule over at all her presence alone gives the husband his power but she also has the ability to take it away so it's a partnership it is a partnership because A disgraceful wife, it says, is like decay in his bones. But a wife that is of noble character, that's her husband's crown. That's, that's his power. That's his strength. That's his support. That's his encouragement. Without her support, he essentially becomes nothing. He decays. So the the message today is that you need to be a unit. You need to be a partnership. One is not more important than the other, because at the end of the day, you become one, and the one who is over you is supposed to be God. God, not your finances, not someone's wants and desires of you, not anything else, not ambition, not even your children. God is the head. And then from him, all things flow down. Peace, joy, wisdom, understanding, righteousness, everything that you could possibly need to live an abundant life is already with God. He just needs you and your relationships to put him first. And that doesn't, a lot of people when they hear put God first, especially any relationship, even our friendships, our relationships with our professors, our teachers, our coworkers—they're like, put God first. That's a lot. That I don't want to be a Jesus person all the time. That doesn't mean being a quote-unquote Bible thumper, um, to which we put shame in, and 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 normally that's associated with people who are hypocritical. But the point is that you obey the bible's instructions when it says treat each other like you want to be treated when it says love the greatest of all these is love when it says be slow to anger that whole beautiful section when God is telling us about love and what love means and what it is that's what he wants in our relationships that's putting him first it doesn't mean going to your co-worker every day and, and being like hey we're gonna read this scripture right now and also I don't like what you did in the break room I saw you take someone's jello and I think it's very disgraceful and it's very sinful of you we're gonna pray on our knees right now that's not what we're asking to do <laughs> that's not what God is asking to do what he's asking to do is to love each other And to treat each other with respect. And to treat people based on how Jesus treated people. And to walk with Jesus. To walk with him. Walking with him means that you can't take a separate path from Jesus. Walking with someone means that you are on the same exact path. You're going in the same direction. Isn't that beautiful? So walking with Jesus is walking that path with him to righteousness. And he is escorting you down that path. That's what it means. So when your relationships, love. That's the biggest, important, most important thing. In this time of quarantine, it can be hard to balance all your relationships. Reach out to people. Um, offer them encouragement, wisdom, pray for them, even if they don't know about it. Right? Um, but love. And, and it can be hard in this time, especially if you're long distance, especially if you can't see people. But remember that 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7 says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures. All things. Key word, endures. You will endure this. You will get through this. You guys, whoever you're with, whoever you're in partnership with, whoever you're in relationship with, you will get through this. You will endure. But it says love. It doesn't say you. It says love. You have to love first. And then these things come. Then hope comes. Then belief comes. Then endurance comes. But only from love. And who is love? God. Only from him. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this amazing amazing message that you've given us about love, God, and how it endures all things. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love you, and we know that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So God, thank you so much for being our strength, from being our help, from being our ever- present savior god for being around us and and loving us and protecting us and hovering over us and pulling us into your arms and comforting us and giving us peace especially now god especially now we pray for our relationships god that relationships that um, we have in our lives edify you edify you God and that if there's any relationship that is not serving us that is not serving you that is painful that is negative God we pray that you give us the strength the discipline to leave that situation we pray that you give us the ability to discern the health of our relationships and it could be that we are the problem God if we are the problem I pray that we that we self-reflect and, and that we analyze, The things that we've done in our lives, the things that we've done to people and to ourselves that would cause us to behave in ways that are not healthy in our relationships, God. Toxic relationships, abusive relationships. God, you have power over them all and you can deliver us, God. We ask you to be our refuge, to save us in our time of need. And a lot of people need that, God. We pray for our romantic partnerships, God, that we become one, that, that that we focus on you and that we don't focus on our jobs on solely on our children. That we get so caught up, uh, God, in, 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 in providing for our children that we can't provide for ourselves or each other. The point of creation was to edify and glorify you, God. So help us glorify you, God. We pray that we have the focus and the mental strength to stay on this path, God, of worshiping you and praising you, even when it's hard, even when it's fearful, even when it's scary, even when it's it's difficult, God, and there's trials and tribulations, help us to always love each other, ourselves, and you, God, help us to put you first, nothing else matters, and from you, all good things come, every good thing that we want that is distracting us right now, if only we paid attention to you, it will come, God. It would open the floodgates of heaven, God. Your wonderful plan over our lives will be done, will be fulfilled. If only we put you first. Help us to put you first, to think like you, to act like you, to become more like you, God. We are made in your image. Blessed be, God, the the son that you sent to die for for our sins. God, as Easter is coming up, thank you for the resurrection. We know that you can bring anyone from a dark, gloomy desolate place and that's what the world is in right now God and we need you to raise us up to resurrect us God bring us back into your life help us help each other help us love each other God thank you for everything that you've done everything you will do and everything that you are doing you are excellent in all ways and in all ways we praise you and we keep the faith and we keep the love God and we keep hope because hope is pure In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. Um, I'll be coming back tomorrow talking more about relationships, but love. We're going to focus on what love is, and I want to dive into what love is tomorrow. But thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. Like I said, if you have any prayer requests, let me know. The email uh, will be in the description, and I'm so happy that I get to do this, and hopefully it's helping someone. God bless you, and I'll see you next time, God willing.